Welcome to Cincinnati Foodies, a new community podcast talking all things food in the greater Cincinnati area. Subscribe to our channel for quick 15 to 20 minute bi-weekly updates on restaurant openings, closings, rumors, news, and more. We are your top secret foodie hosts, O-N-G, and we're keeping our identities hidden for now or until this podcast is so huge that we can't hide it anymore. Hey, and welcome back to the Cincinnati Foodies Podcast. This episode is number 14, and we have so much to talk about this week. Right. When we started this podcast, I thought we weren't going to have enough to talk about, and now I feel like we're cutting stuff to narrow it down. (laughs) I know. Our first episode was six minutes, and this one, you guys, hang on tight. (laughs) So how was your week, G? The past couple weeks have been nothing short of a whirlwind. With the kids' schedules packed to the brim, it's like I'm a full-time chauffeur these days. (laughs) But amidst the chaos, I managed to sneak in a date night. So remember the AI cocktail experiment we chatted about in episode 11? Oh, yeah. Well, we decided to check that out. So we find ourselves at the Lonely Pine Steakhouse in Pleasant Ridge, which, fun fact, is closed on Sundays and Mondays. Mm -hmm. So these AI experiments take place on those days. The proprietor, Jacob Trevino, welcomed us with open arms, setting the scene for an AI-driven bartending adventure. When we took our seats at the bar, he retreated into the background and let AI take the reins. The entire evening was an AI-crafted affair. From the cocktails to the food we ate, one of the most delightful moments was when AI dictated him to hand out flowers to everyone. (laughs) Isn't that so random? It is. But I loved it. That was my favorite part. Then AI explained all of our cocktails and food over a speaker. AI chose different music for different cocktails and created AI art to fit the vibe for each course. One cocktail that really picked my interest was the Quantum Elixir. It was a concoction of smoke, oak-infused rye whiskey, amaro liqueur, black pepper-infused maple syrup, freshly squeezed orange juice, bitters, and an absinthe rinse, and then it was uh, garnished with a flamed orange peel. Hmm. Yeah. And all of this paired perfectly with the smoky bacon-wrapped date. Oh, I'm here for that. Right. I could not get enough of this combination. It Mm. was the cocktail had so many ingredients, but it was so well balanced, probably because it was made by AI. So the entire experience was completely surreal. It was like falling down the rabbit hole into a Mad Hatter tea party. And if you're interested, I think there's a few tickets left. And our foodie adventures did not end there. Just last night, we visited Wings and Rings in Milford. And did you know that Wings and Rings is a Cincinnati-based business? I did not. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. So I was really surprised by that. And um, with National Wing Day on the horizon, which is July 29th, it was a great opportunity to grab some delicious content. (laughs) (laughs) And as the name suggests, Wings and Rings is famous for, well, their Wings and Rings. We had to try the buffalo blue rings, which were seasoned just right and served with a blue cheese dip. And our kids loved how they served the rings on like a tall pole. Like you should have seen their eyes and how big they were when they brought the onion rings to the table. That's funny. Yeah. And so on the server's recommendation, 
we tried the ranchero tots, which are house-made tater tots stuffed with bacon and cheese, and they're topped with chipotle ranch and fresh jalapenos and cilantro. So that was a hit. Mm -hmm. We couldn't resist ordering a spicy jalapeno pineapple margarita and some fried pickles because I'm a pickle lover. Always get fried pickles. Absolutely. (laughs) If it's on the menu, I'm ordering it. And then to test the wings, we roped in a couple of our construction worker buddies because, let's face it, they're the real chicken wing connoisseurs. (laughs) (laughs) They were very impressed with the wing size for the price. And my favorite sauces were the bourbon barbecue and the roasted garlic. Hmm. And one of my friends ordered the atomic hot wings and they were so hot, like I was just trying to smell them, like wafting it. Mm-hmm. And my nose was tickling so bad, I was like, I can't even try this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's our jam. Is <laughs> super spicy, right? You do really spicy. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, I can do like hot, but I can't do like atomic hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he was so into them that he ordered a second helping. Nice, and I. I also have tried some of their chef-inspired sauces. So they have a blueberry chipotle barbecue sauce and a Korean sauce. Hmm. And those were really good. So should definitely go check that out. I am excited because we're planning to interview someone from their corporate office on the podcast later this summer. And I have so many questions about how they started in Cincinnati and grew to what they are now. Because this is like a really big restaurant. I mean, they have locations all over the country. Wow. So, and they're going to be putting their corporate office in, they're building a corporate office in Anderson. So it'll be interesting to get some information about that. I don't think I've ever been to a Wings and Rings. I was always a BW3 girl, but I also didn't know that one was Cincinnati-based versus the other. So I guess I'm going to have to check them out. Right. Yeah. How was your week go? It was good. Business has been really busy for me lately. So, um, but I did make some time to squeeze in a couple of things. Obviously, as soon as we were done recording the last episode, I made a beeline for Skyline and Graders to try out those seasonal, <laughs> the seasonal items that we talked about last time, the like jalapeno cheddar met and the lemon meringue ice cream. Um, I'm going to give Skyline some grace on this one because I had mine at like, it was like, like three in the afternoon. And that is clearly not like prime time for a restaurant and yeah you could kind of tell like the flavors were there it was spicy it had cheese oozing out of it but like when I think met I think like big juicy like it it was not it was about the same size as their regular hot dogs and it was kind of like shriveled like like it had been sitting on one of those like hot dog roller things for like hours well I feel like I feel like skyline is location specific like yeah this was not my normal skyline either Right. Like I have my favorite locations. Mm-hmm. And if my location dropped the ball, then I would be really sad. Yeah. But if I go to like a random location that I'm not used to and yeah. it's not good, I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. Well. Yeah, it totally <laughs> was. So I might give it another try, like at a more normal time and at my normal location. But yeah, right. it was, it was, it was and then the graders <laughs> was good um I don't think I have like a new favorite flavor or anything but I'm glad I tried it the lemon meringue ice cream thing it had like little lemony candy pieces in it so my my kid definitely liked it um and it was a nice treat on a hot afternoon so did you like it more than the hot honey crunch that I bought you uh, no I liked that better 
Yeah, I, I haven't good. tried the lemon, but I really liked that hot honey crunch ice cream we had. That was yeah. really interesting. It was good. And then I also attended the opening at Jenny's ice cream in Factory 52, and that was really good. I had their lavender wild berry flavor. It was giving fruity pebble vibes, and it was really good. Sometimes when people try to do lavender stuff, it legit tastes like soap to me. And this did not at all. It was so good. So I really liked that. And I also had their lemon ice cream and that was like a really good pairing the like fruity pebble with the lemon it was good what was your favorite wait jenny's had lemon yeah i didn't know that Mm -hmm. okay so i tried your lavender and it was definitely like fruity pebble vibes like it was not soapy because i get straight soap when i eat lavender stuff usually right so my favorite is brown butter almond brittle yeah and that was really good because I actually asked them for the Brambleberry Crisp and that's mm-hmm. what they gave me, but it was fine. <laughs> but yeah, and then this weekend we had a down to Newport on the levee for brunch at 16 Lots Southern and everything was so good. Oh my gosh. So good. I know. I feel like there really aren't a lot of brunch spots that I'm like, yes, and this was definitely there. I had mimosas, which were very well balanced. Sometimes I feel like you get too much juice and that was not the case. Um, But you got the Bloody (laughs) Mary bar and I have to admit, I have a little bit of FOMO there. (laughs) You could choose from regular or spicy for your like, your mix. And then um, you still could add like, they had three or four different hot sauces. You could add horseradish, lime, like my, I make my own Bloody Mary mix and I use Tabasco and horseradish like quite a bit. Um, And then the toppers were so cool. They had like a grilled spam or Canadian bacon sandwich or something. Um, Beautifully seasoned shrimp and which I ate some of, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. And then the, they had like natural hot chicken bites too. And you like put them on a skewer and you can put them in your little Bloody Mary. You loaded it up and it looked wild. Right. Yeah. For food, we kind of tasted everything. We had the chorizo poutine, the shrimp and grits. uh, They have like a strawberry goat cheese salad, Nashville hot chicken and waffles. Um, Ooh, they had this special, which I hope she keeps making it because it was a poblano ghost pepper cheeseburger. That was amazing. Seasoning on everything was really on point. I know the chef uses a slurry for her Nashville hot chicken and that's not, that's a traditional way to do it, but not everyone does it. And that's why I keep ordering Nashville hot chicken everywhere. And it's just not good at a lot of places. It wasn't like burn your face off spicy, which we've already discussed that I like, but the flavor was really, really good. And it did have a kick to it, like on the back end, which is the way it should be. And yeah, that was really good. What was your favorite? I loved the ghost pepper Fabuano burger and the Bloody Mary bar. I had some of your poutine and that was amazing too, but I really hope she puts that burger on the menu. Yeah, it was just a winner for me. Mm -hmm, For sure. So now we did mention that this episode was packed full and we were not kidding. We're going to get into openings now, but you're definitely going to want to stick around because not only do we have a great interview coming up with commercial real estate agent extraordinaire Josh Rothstein, but we have some really great celebrity tea. So make sure you hang out for foodie news at the end of the episode to hear what T-Swift and her crew had when they were in town, which you will definitely not hear anywhere else. And what celebrity is crushing on Capitol Grill lately after moving to the tri-state a little over a year ago? Yeah, I'm so excited that we actually have some real tea to talk about that you are not going to find anywhere else. I love it. Okay, 
Okay, so let's get into it this week for restaurants that are open now. There is a new restaurant in Hyde Park Square called Parkside. This is in the same space that Cork and Cap had previously occupied. Parkside is the sister restaurant to Delwood in Mount Lookout. They feature classic pub food with a Latin flair. It is a nod to the Peruvian roots of the owner. They have menu items like Peruvian style empanadas, which is probably your vibe. Are those the ones you like or not? Um, yeah, it's close because um, mine are Ecuadorian style and Peru is like right next door. I didn't know that owner was Peruvian. Yeah. Okay. All right. I love the burgers at Delwood. They're so good. They have Modelo beer battered cod tacos, Peruvian grilled chicken sandwiches. And I'm going to go and try to go before episode 15 because everyone's been telling me to check out Delwood Mm -hmm. and now I want to check out Parkside. So I think I'm going to have to go. Like I want to check out both of them. Yeah. I'm going to have to, yeah, this is a, this is a must. Okay, cool. Um, And you guys know that I love my coffee shops. So I can't (laughs) wait to get out to Fulton Yards Coffee House and Spirits at their second location at Factory 52 in the Gatherall. I actually haven't been to their original location either, but new location in the Gatherall has been open for about a month, but they were just doing like a soft open and they held their grand opening last week. Their original location is in the East End. And um, something I love about this place is that it's it's owned by two couples who are friends and founded the business together. So it's like super local and good vibes. And the name Fulton has a little bit of history to it. So it's, uh, we're going to give you the cliff notes, but so in the 1800s, Fulton was just a neighborhood by the Ohio river, but it was the heart of America's wooden steamboat industry. You guys, Uh, my mom and my grandpa worked on steamboats. So this is, uh, this is definitely a good connection for me. But in 1819, a quarter of all river boats were born in the shipyards at Fulton. So that's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And then like most of the small towns around the city, Fulton was incorporated into Cincinnati all the way actually back in 1832. So they were an early adopter. So I was peeping at the menu and saw that they had Silverglade's famous chicken salad. Do you know the Silverglade Deli at Finlay Market? I do. I was just there yesterday, actually. But oh. um, but so chicken salad for me is controversial. I got food poisoning from chicken salad in like 2003 and since then it like really creeps me out um really yeah a friend of mine actually made some a few years ago when I was at his lake house and I forced myself to eat it because it was like this is what was for lunch and I didn't want to be rude and I actually really really enjoyed it but I still can't get myself to order it out I don't know I might try it I do very much trust Silverglades but I am definitely happy that they serve Urbana coffee at Fulton and they they have some various like pastries from Bowdery French Pastry, who is phenomenal. I don't know if you've ever had them. No. Nope. Um, and they have other sweet treats from Bon Bonnery, which I know is your jam. That's my jam. Yes. <laughs> and then they um, they have local like snacks from local food artisans around the city too. So I love that. And I know Urbana Coffee is your jam. Love Urbana Coffee. They make, <laughs> oh, actually it's July. I need to go check in with them because they make my favorite coffee ever. It's called Happy Goat. And the beans, like you could not get them. That was like the, uh, from the farm. And so they said they were hoping they were going to be back in July. So I need to go check that out. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, I'll eat chicken salad. I love all the chicken salad. I'll there order it. I'll try it. I make it at home. It's- yeah. There's just for something me. about mayonnaise on grapes that I just can't, <laughs> I can't get I, over the mental hurdle of it. 
See, I love chicken salad with grapes in it. Yeah, and it's weirding me out. But I'll, I'll, I'll give it a, gra- a go because you know I will try anything. <laughs> and I feel like 20 years is long enough to, like, hold on to a grudge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you need to get over that one. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so I need to spend more time driving through Anderson Township because I used to live there. So I feel like every time I go, I can immediately spot new places. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm driving down Beachmont Avenue and I see the sign out of the corner of my eye that says wandering monsters. <laughs> huh. So immediately I'm thinking, is this a daycare? That's where I would go. <laughs> what is it? Because- epic name for a daycare. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I looked it up and it's a brewery. Oh, so, okay. so the cool thing about this place is that they have duck pin bowling. Love and that. I I think this place is going to be really successful here because there's no other place in this area that has duck pin bowling. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they have food, too, is really nice. I looked at the menu. It's mostly just bar food, but they also have a charcuterie board. Mm -hmm. And something interesting they have is a pulled jackfruit sandwich. Mm-hmm. for the vegans out there yeah i've had jackfruit as like a pulled pork substitute it it works it's got a good texture if the if the sauce is right see that's really interesting that you would try that i will pretty much eat any fruit or vegetable mm-hmm. but this kind of like wigs me out a little bit i yeah. would try it but like i don't know I, i'm a little wary about it Just... it's more like pulled pork or pulled chicken than you would think it, it doesn't give you fruit vibes at all I think I would rather it give me fruit vibes. <laughs> you want a barbecue fruit sandwich? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I feel Have like I've had jackfruit. I'd rather eat like a barbecued pineapple on a bun. Well, that sounds delicious. That's true. I, I can get behind that. But yeah, I don't know. The vegans out there will have to let us know because I'm not a jackfruit sandwich connoisseur. <laughs> and, but they also have things like chicken wings and other kinds of sandwiches. I saw on Instagram that some of my brewery obsessed friends are hanging out there. So I think it's safe to say it's definitely worth checking out. And then my Anderson adventures continue and I'm driving through Newtown and notice that there's a new food truck called four mile pig that's connected to the growler stop at the gas station in Newtown. Mm. And their food sounds really good. I literally crave barbecue every time I drive through this intersection because (laughs) Just Mm Kewen used to have a location there. And I would always stop there on my way home to get barbecue. So next time I drive through Anderson, I'm going to have to get some Four Mile Pig. Love that. All right. So El Vaquero restaurant has officially opened up recently on July 6th in the former Taste of Belgium location in Clifton, which I didn't even realize was closed. Okay. So now we are going to move into places that are opening soon. Okay. So there is a new restaurant coming to the former Bones Brothers Wing Space later this summer near UC. Unfortunately, the Bones Brothers Wing Space never opened and it is now permanently closed. A restaurant called G's, which is G-E-E apostrophe S, Caribbean Kitchen, will take its place. Now, I was peeping at their menu, and this place looks like the real deal. Like, Mm. they have all of the jerk spice meat, a variety of seafood, like salmon and red snapper. And I'm kind of drooling over their dessert menu. I saw they have peach and apple cobbler, Mm. which sounds really good. Sweet potato pie, carrot cake. And then... This, like, made it sound really legit for me. So they have goat meat. So you can get, like, jerk goat meat. Love that. (laughs) 
But I also really appreciate that they have chicken tenders because <laughs> that means I can go there with my kids. <laughs> sure. That's awesome. No, that sounds really good. So Queen City Radio in Over the Rhine is opening their second location in College Hill. It should be open by 2024. They're, they're going to offer like their iconic selection of craft beer, cocktails, bourbon, and slushies. They consider themselves kind of like a bar for everybody. So they want to have something that everybody can drink and not be like pigeonholed. And they first launched in 2016. So they have a great vibe. I love this place um, down across. It's like kind of across from the stadium downtown on central and so we'll follow this project and let you guys see let you guys know when it gets like closer to opening college hill is like really having a glow up now that they've got all that new housing in there and they've got a lot of great stuff going on over there i was just i was just gonna say that college hill has a lot going on right now so definitely have to follow that along Okay, so Voodoo Brewing Co. is opening a brewery in downtown Cincinnati, and they are expecting to have it open later this month. Mm. It is a Pennsylvania-based business, and this will be their 13th franchise location. They plan to offer elevated pub food. Okay. I feel like I've heard of them as far as, like, I think I've had some of their beer. Okay. Yeah. I see you're the beer girl. I don't know a whole lot about beer. Yeah. And I feel like I'm living in the wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. You know what? If, what's funny is before I moved back home, I never drank beer. I actually don't like beer. Um, but I am always like trying to find beers that I do like. So this is some exciting news. Newport on the levee, which we've been to twice in the last week, which is insane but they're getting a new food hall they're calling it the galley and they have announced the first three concepts that'll be moving in the first one is mexican cuisine it's called los tacos hermanos there's an italian concept called zaria and it's like italian street eats and then four mile pig barbecue the food truck you were just talking about yeah um they are still looking for a fourth concept so they have an email address listed on their website If you're interested in grabbing the space, uh, they're hoping to have this open before the end of the year, and we'll put a link to their website in the show notes for sure. So, and then another opening soon-ish, Oakley Kitchen Food Hall, which we obviously talk about all the time. They're getting a new concept called Fat Al's Burgers. Um, They're actually a new restaurant, as far as we can tell. They'll be serving up burgers, chicken fingers, fresh cut french fries, and milkshakes. So, yum. Okay. Well, I guess let's get into closings for this week. What do we have? Yeah. So this, I know this isn't like a restaurant, but it's a foodie event space that we are quite familiar with. So the Phoenix event space is closing after 35 years. The building has quite a bit of history uh, being built in 1893 as a private club. It's also one of the city's best examples of Italian Renaissance architecture. Uh, It's a really beautiful building. But um, so we saw the posting on their stories this week that they will honor the events they have booked through the end of the year but they won't be hosting anything going forward into 2024 so that's a bummer so this is really interesting i know people who have office space in that same building and Mm -hmm. they are having to move their business as well interesting so yeah i'm gonna reach out to them and just find out more of what is going on with that and I just want to know where the head chef at the Phoenix, his name is Chef Joey. I want to know where he is going to end up because I would be really interested in following his journey because every time I've eaten there for like a catered meal or something, mm-hmm. he makes really amazing food and it's very innovative 
and delicious. So I really want to follow his journey. Yeah, interesting. I wonder if they're making the office space people move out because they think it'll be easier to sell the building as a whole empty or if there it's because there is somebody that's already like in place to occupy the building and they can't have they need the office space. So that'll be interesting. I can't wait to find out some more well, details. I- I'm going to get the tea for you guys and I'll follow up. (laughs) Awesome. So another local franchise location is closing. Um, The Skyline Chili in Forest Park was forced to close for repairs needed after they had an electrical fire. So you guys, we were looking at the photos posted up by a local news station and it looks like a lot of damage was done. It looks wild. Yeah. Like I mean, a like a hurricane went through it or something. Yeah. Luckily the fire happened at night, so no one was in the restaurant and no one was injured, which is probably obviously why there was so much damage because no one knew the fire was happening. Um, but the current timeline for a possible reopen has not been established yet. It's too early. So I hope I'm glad no one was hurt. Right. The Pedello Wingery inside of Braxton Brewery is temporarily closed for renovations. Braxton's Instagram post says exciting news is coming soon. So we will have to follow the story along and see what happens. Hmm. And then Green District Salads closes their Clifton location after less than a year in business. That's crazy. Yeah. I still haven't tried this place, which is surprising because I'm all about a good salad. And they have over 50 ingredients with 12 different dressings. And I like that they make a salad just for Cincinnati. There's a 513 salad with Grippo's seasoned barbecue chicken. I have been to the one in Blue Ash a couple times, but it's not like a common one for me. I don't go all the time because I make a lot of salads at home, but it's good, but it's a bit pricey. I don't mind paying for quality, healthier food, but it might just, it's probably just not the best bet for like college students. So that makes sense, I guess. And the one in Blue Ash is still open as far as we know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the, I was, was just uh, walking by, I went to the CAC yesterday and they have one down across the street from there too on 6th. Nice. Hey, Josh, welcome back to the Cincinnati Foodies podcast. Back. For those of you who don't know, Josh is a popular commercial real estate agent in the Cincinnati area. So thanks for coming back. It's great to be here again. So... We have some questions for you this week. We heard of this craft burger place called Kappa's based out of Miami, but I saw that they might be coming to Cincinnati. Do you know anything about this? I feel like if anyone would know, it has to be you. I wish I did because I've been asked by all sorts of people in the Jewish community, by burger aficionados. The short answer is I don't know anything of any substance. I know nothing beyond what anybody could research. But what I do know is that if there's a kosher restaurant in Cincinnati, there are people that will patronize it. There are a few that are in the, they're actually in Deer Park because it caters to the Amberley and Blue Ash neighborhoods. The Blue Ash Kroger has a huge selection and variety of kosher goods. But as far as good kosher restaurants are concerned, we don't have that many. So if this place is coming, definitely interested in learning more. So if you find anything out, let me know, let us know, and I'll do the same. Okay, great. I can't wait to learn more about this place. And then I heard Hello Honey might be getting a new location. Yeah. So there is a little 1000 square foot space right in the heart of 
Pleasant Ridge's adorable little business district that sits right in between Goodfellas Pizzeria and Nine Giants Fermentorium. And Hello Honey is working through a lease on that space, which would be amazing because of all the cute little bars, restaurants, shops that Pleasant Ridge has, the only ice cream offering they've got is at UDF. So this would be a huge advantage to the community for all the kids, all the families. It's very exciting. Yeah, and that area is so walkable that I feel like a lot of foot traffic would come through there. Yeah, it's great. The housing market in Pleasant Ridge has been exploding. Yeah. The the, the density of family-friendly activities. I mean, there's a handful of schools. There are some great parks. It's such a fun little area to be in, to go eating in, shopping, etc. So, yeah, um, ice cream would be a, a quick favorite if I say if they open, but it's like a 98% likelihood that by the time this podcast airs, their deal will, their deal will be done and we can all look forward to a an opening. So they've got three other stores. One is in Fort Thomas, one is downtown Cincinnati, and the other one is in East Walnut Hills. So they favor these small, quaint, urban, pedestrian-friendly, walkable neighborhoods, which is exactly what Pleasant Ridge is. Yeah, I think it's a great spot for them. I can't wait till they open. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. For Um, sure. So we went to the opening of Solstice in East Walnut Hills. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So Solstice opened up at the corner of Woodburn and Madison at what's called DeSales Plaza, the space that used to be Susie Wong's. And the beautiful thing about that particular location is it's got this massive patio that literally sits at the corner of Woodburn and Madison, which is the gateway to East Wanted Hills. You go down one direction, you've got Rusk, which is the newer rooftop bar restaurant, Anju, you've got a bunch of other bars, restaurants, shops down one direction, and then this is the corner that begins it all. So Solstice is this South American flair The food was awesome. The drinks were great. And with that patio now being activated, it really showcases all the excitement and vibrancy that East Wanted Hills has really been building up to. So it's great that they're open. It's going to be great for the neighborhood. And there's so much more to come. Yeah, we had so much fun when we went there. I think for friends and people to gather and have cocktails and happy hours and all of those fun things. So this is the same owners as Anju, right? That's right. Yep. Yep. That's, and yeah. within the ownership group, they also design their spaces. They invest in real estate. So for all intents and purposes, they're like a vertically integrated machine that happens to pump out awesome retail restaurant bar product. So it's very exciting. Number one, that they're open, but number two, just to watch them grow. They're an emerging brand here locally and where they'll be one year from now, three years from now, it's just, it's really exciting to see these local homegrown entrepreneurs take shape with their business ideas. It is. It's so fun to see it come to fruition and be able to go to the opening, eat the food and try the drinks. I, I just love it. So it was officially announced that Thunderdome is putting a new concept downtown at the foundry. What do you think of that? All right, so Royce occupied that 4,800 square foot prime location right at the corner, directly next to Jeff Ruby's, facing Fountain Square, beautiful patio. For a number of different reasons, it didn't work out for Royce, but the space was absolutely stunning. So with Thunderdome behind it, 
Thunderdome being proven operators that have different types of brands, including Eagle, Bakersfield, Corrido, Pepin Dolores, Kruger's, etc. They are now doing a brand new concept, which everybody's excited for because we know that they can perform and everything they put out is always delicious, great service. Operationally, they hit all the marks. And this is like the primo spot downtown. Super excited for it. I think that the cuisine that was referenced in the news stories that came out about it all speaks to just an exciting type of offering that Cincinnati really doesn't have. And I cannot wait for these guys to go at it. We are so excited too. We were touching about it in another part of the episode and just how excited we were for something to come there with some real staying power. And it's really exciting that they're doing a new concept because I thought they might put like a Pep and Dolores Wood location into there. So it's even extra exciting that they're putting something completely new. Yeah. And what's what I find impressive from my perspective is these guys, out of all their different brands, they've got their growth vehicles, meaning the restaurants that probably make more profit than others, which would be City Bird and Corrido, from what I understand. So the fact that they're taking kind of a sidestep to do a really cool, unique, never been done before project, it's just, it's exciting. It's not like they have nothing better to do. And it just, it speaks to their passion and their desire to continue to push the envelope and have great product here in Cincinnati that we get to benefit from. So again, just super excited about what they're doing and Thunderdome as a business, they're on fire. And again, these are the guys that are doing Bakersfield and the Eagle at the district of Deerfield, the project on Mason Montgomery road. And still, anytime you want to go to any one of the restaurants, there's always a wait because everybody's clamoring to get in there. Yeah. Wait at those places. I agree. So we're definitely going to be following this project along. Um, so what is the deal with Fusion opening in Anderson Township? Yeah, so Fusion locked down a spot right on Beachmont Avenue in the heart of Anderson's crazy retail corridor. The lease was signed a long time ago. And Fusion, again, proven operators, they know how to perform. The challenge was the space that they took was a former sporting goods store. So it had never before been a restaurant. And restaurants compared to shops, for example, restaurants need way more electric, way more plumbing. They need gas. They need all these different infrastructure elements that were not there. So when the lease was signed, the new owners of the building, because that building just traded hands, they didn't realize the infrastructure that wasn't there. Not really anybody's fault, nobody's pointing fingers, but Fusion has been quote unquote coming soon for a lot longer than any of us wanted to wait for them, but they are coming soon. All of the things have been resolved. All the pieces are in place. Now it's just a matter of time before all the utilities and such are pulled to the right place. Fusion can finish their construction and i'm told that fusion is like 90 percent of the way there before they could open their doors they just need the back end stuff like i said plumbing electric utilities etc they just need that to be completed from the building back through the anderson township channels and then we'll be able to go and get our fusion bowls and rolls and juices and all the other fun stuff that they offer 
Right. I'm excited that they're coming to Anderson, but I was wondering what was going on with them. So I'm glad you cleared that up. They are coming. Just hang in there for another, I would say, month or two, and they will be open. Yay. Okay. So to finish off, I thought we could talk about our time at the Barbie premiere party at Amador. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So always fun to go to Amador. However, uh, I was a little underdressed because everybody was in these very elaborate pink dresses. But the Barbie (laughs) movie seems like it's the craziest thing to come hit the theaters in a long, long time. Obviously, um, when we were growing up, Barbie and Ken dolls were all the rage. I never played with them. But now that it's a, it's a feature film with real humans that's in it, it seems like everybody's trying to get in on it. You turn on the TV and commercials are using the Barbie references. There's a lot of product placement. But um, Amador definitely shelled out and they had some really yummy appetizers out there for us and they're elaborate pink cocktails and it was fun how was the movie did you love it yeah i loved the movie i thought it it was it's just a feel-good movie i mean it did have a lot of female energy but there are some scenes for the guys there guys will definitely enjoy this movie um and i really liked the food at amador and I like that I got to try an empanada because the last time we went there, you guys ate all the empanadas before I could even try one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. And I love their cocktails. We had the Palomas with tequila, and those are so good. Yeah. Yeah, it was a fun time. It was great. And that view, you just – you can't beat it. And right. for a long time, I kind of forgot that Newport on the levee was actually there because – I didn't want to go to Spencer's. I didn't want to go to Paxton. I didn't want to go play arcade games. But now that you've got these fun restaurants that have the vibe that I'm looking for, I find myself back there. And then I walk outside and I go, there's downtown Cincinnati. There's the river. There's the skyline. It's it's like it's the whole project has been reintroduced. And it's so much fun to go to Newport on the levee all over again. Yeah, I also agree. I like to joke across the river very often. But I've been finding myself crossing the river more and more. We just went to 16 lots for brunch this past weekend. And um, I really want to check out Marble. I think you're going there. Have you already been there? Yeah. So Marble is that steakhouse that's on the top floor of the building in Bellevue that has a Sporta that is right on the river. I went there once. It was pretty amazing. It's beautiful on the inside. And again, you're inside of the top floor of this building looking out at the beautiful skyline of Cincinnati. I am going back there tonight because they have some retail space on the first floor and they need some leasing help. So might be an opportunity for me. And uh, I am definitely going to slip up there and get a cocktail and some appetizers. But it's it's absolutely a place that if you haven't been, you got to check out. Wow. And I like that you can be in Kentucky, but feel like you're in Cincinnati because you're getting a better view in Kentucky than you can get in Cincinnati. Absolutely. I always said that the best views of Cincinnati are either from Price Hill on the west side or from Kentucky because you're looking at the skyline from either perspective. That's the best way to see it. Thanks for joining us this week, Josh. It's always great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes site and we will have you back soon with some more updates i look forward to it thanks again
Great job on that interview, G. Loved that. Yay. (laughs) Let's get into some foodie news. So Taylor Swift came to Cincinnati for the weekend. Obviously, a couple weekends ago, it was like the biggest news uh, around for a long time, for sure. And it created a lot of buzz. So we saw lots of businesses creating like fun treats and cocktails for the Swifties. But we were wondering, what did Taylor eat while she was here? Did she try a cheese coney? Perhaps she had a pineapple ice cream from Graders after her show. Did she go to Jeff Ruby's and take a photo with the restaurateur like many other celebrities who visit do? Well, we have some news for you guys, or maybe you want to call them rumors, but we obtained a photo of a receipt labeled T-Swift Crew that looks pretty legit and real to us. So we are looking at a receipt created at 5.51 p.m. on Friday, June 30th. It's labeled as to go, which is our first clue. We could be wrong, but last time we checked, Soto doesn't do takeout for 10 plus menu items during busy hours on a Friday night. (laughs) (laughs) Yet this receipt tells a story of a feast fit for a queen with things like Bisteca Florentina, four orders of Cacho y Pepe, two orders of Capalache and Orchete, and drum roll, please. Uh oh. A single pork loin, a personal favorite of yours truly. So good. Interestingly, dessert seemed to be a solo act on this ticket, and it wasn't even the donuts. (laughs) (laughs) That's wild. (laughs) Someone indulged down a less sugary road. There was one lonely chocolate budino on the ticket. (laughs) (laughs) The chocolate budino is made with... Ginunja mousse and candied hazelnuts. It's kind of like a panna cotta, but more rich. Have you ever tried this? Um, so I've had budino before, but at Soto, I always get the donuts. Come on. Um, right. I've, I've taken them to go before and they're still good cold. But uh, we also have confirmation from at least five concert attendees that there was indeed Goodfellas pizza being walked into the backstage area for Taylor and her crew as well. And any Cincinnati would be able to recognize those giant pizza boxes, right? Right. Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> I'm so glad that we could obtain some of this stuff because I was dying to know what she was eating. For sure. Okay. So we have more celebrity gossip this week. Like, who are we talking about celebrities in the Midwest on a foodies podcast? <laughs> Look at us. I mean, at Cincinnati, the secret's getting out. Well, here we are. So yesterday I was hanging out with a friend of mine who knows a lot of people at Capitol Grill in Rookwood Commons. And I was telling her about the Taylor Swift information that I had. And she was like, oh, my gosh, did you know that Kat Von D came into the Capitol Grill twice in the last two weeks? And I obviously was like, no, but tell me more. While she didn't have a whole lot of tea to spill, she did say that she was a great tipper, and everyone said that she was more beautiful in person than she was on TV. Hmm. And I love hearing about the tipping stuff. I don't know a whole lot about Kat Von D, but I like knowing that she's taking care of the wait staff. And then didn't she just buy a house in Indiana or something? Yeah, I'm not super familiar with her either, but she's um, well known for her tattoo shop in LA. And she had a couple of reality TV shows for TLC. She was on Miami Inc. And then I guess LA Inc. was the other one, I think. But in 2021, she closed the LA shop and bought a mansion built in 1874 in 
Vive, Indiana. I'm guessing on that pronunciation here, folks. We say things like Versailles and Lima around here. So really, I can't guess how we would say Vive. I don't know. What do you think? I I would say Vive. Yeah. (laughs) And so also, I don't even know where that is. Well, I had to Google it, um, and it's just like an hour's drive outside of Cincinnati down along the Ohio River. It only has about like 1,700 residents, so it's a small town. It was founded in 1802 by Swiss immigrants who cultivated grapes and made wine. So here's a juicy bit of trivia for you. It's uh, Vivet is known for housing the first commercial winery in the U.S. So that's, that's a crazy. It's cafe, right? Yeah. Um, the winery is called The Ridge, and it's still open for visits. That's so cool. I kind of want to go check out this small town. It sounds fun. I know. I mean, I guess it's kind of giving me vibes of Augusta, Kentucky, like, which is the other way down the river. And they have, they have like a really old historical winery there too, that I've done a tour of. It's cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. I am so excited to get into the foodie news because I found a place doing a Cincinnati chili style pizza. So... (laughs) You always laugh when I talk about chili. I do. (laughs) So Angelo's Pizza in Northgate is doing the chili pizza. They don't get too detailed on their Facebook post, but it looks like a thin or hand-tossed crust with chili as the sauce. Mm -hmm. Then they squirt mustard on top of the chili and slice Queen City Mets, but they slice them like long ways and place them around the pizza in like a flower shape. (laughs) Yeah, I saw this. It was, it, it, it didn't pique my interest. It, it weirded me and, out a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I love a good Queen City Met. But... but I'm thinking like then everybody can get a Met per slice and then you can kind of fold the pizza around it kind of like a hot dog is what yeah. I was, that's where, that's where I'm thinking they're going with this. Okay. Okay. That's valid. Uh, I but can see that because I'm, I'm, I'm a New Yorker that folds my pizza. So that I, that I would do that naturally. That's fair. Right. So okay. I've never seen it done like this, but you know, I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. And then it looks like they put cheese on top and bake it. And then they put more cold cheese on top. Okay. okay. That's where you, that's where you got me. The, okay. I'm in. Let's go. So here, so here are my <laughs> thoughts. I like that they bake it with the cheese on top and I like that they put cold cheese on top of that, mm-hmm. but I feel like the Mets need to be cut more like pepperoni and less like a log. <laughs> You know, <laughs> sure that well that was, that was my first thought, but now you've got me on board. So, yeah, and I had one of my friends order one because mm-hmm. she lives out that way, and she said that the Mets were cut more like pepperoni when she ordered it. But the picture oh. that they have on their Facebook page are like the long hot dog style looking yeah. Mets. Huh. I well, I might be out there from. this weekend, so I might. We'll see if I can order it. Right. We'll, we'll figure it out. I would love that. Maybe I'll meet <laughs> you out there. Right. <laughs> okay. So Deeper Roots is adding in-house pastries to their coffee houses. So this is Ooh. exciting. Yeah. They announced that uh, a new chef, Megan Ketover, will be joining their team as the head pastry chef. Uh, chef Megan is very well known throughout Cincinnati. So I apologize, Megan, if I just killed your last name. But she has roots at um, the Orchids at Palm Court, Boca Restaurant Group, and she was also at Cora, which we talked about a few months ago that closed. She's also competed on national shows like the Food Network Challenge and Bravo's Top Chef Just Desserts. So that's pretty exciting. They used to buy their pastries wholesale. So I feel like that's always a good sign 
about their business when a restaurant takes on a full-time chef to do their pastries in-house. I'm also probably going to go there and get pastries now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the one in Oakley is really close for you. Yeah. yeah. So I'm definitely going to have to check that out. For sure. Gee, I know you love your McDonald's, and but I hate to break it to you. Uh, McDonald's is going to be cutting their apple fritters, cinnamon rolls, and blueberry muffins off the menu. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm kind of okay with this, though, because every once in a while, I might get a cinnamon roll, mm -hmm. but I don't think I've ever had a blueberry muffin or an apple fritter from McDonald's. Honestly, I think I'd rather have an apple pie. <laughs> yeah, I've, defi <laughs> I've definitely never had any of this. Um, I'm not obviously a big McDonald's eater. I think we've talked about that, but uh, I will every once in a while get a pumpkin or the cherry pie. Like, I'm... I'm not mad about it. That's like one of my guilty pleasures. See, I'll do a pumpkin, but the it's like a cherry and cream pie, right? It is, which yeah, I really the, like. The cream just throws me off. I just want all cherry. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. I like it. Cherry cheese Danish is my favorite Danish. So it gives me like that uh, vibe. Oh, and, you it. know, I mean, we have to, we got to mix some protein with our sugar, right? <laughs> like, you know, because a McDonald's pie is anywhere remotely healthy. I was going to say, you're, you're always thinking about the health stuff. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm pushing it with that one. Let's be honest. But I hope they continue the Mick Cafe Bakery to make it more like the ones in Europe and not try to Americanize it because the ones in Europe are so legit. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's definitely much better. And then my favorites, Mom and M, gave us a little teaser last week on their Instagram that they had some news coming, but they joked that it wasn't a third cafe, which honestly, like, I would be down for it. Right. Um, <laughs> but at least we didn't have to wait long because Saturday morning they announced that they are the new coffee cart that will be at the Hyde Park Farmer's Market every Saturday morning. So that is very exciting. Um, honestly, I'm ready for anything the Ferrari brothers are serving up. So I had to miss out on their Natty Wine Fest last week, and I I am bummed. I know. I saw some people posting about it on their Instagram stories, mm -hmm. and it looked like a really good time. I know. We went last year to the inaugural one, and it was like one of the favorite things that I did all year. So I guess I have to wait a whole year for another one. They need like a spring one and a fall one. Like, I was going to say that my thing is that it's hot outside. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> last year, it was like one of the hottest days all month, and it was hot but they do it they had fans and they had tents and all that kind of stuff so they were definitely prepared but yeah we were definitely chugging water which I guess you should be doing at a wine festival anyway so yeah okay okay so now we're going to talk about Chipotle the popular Mexican food chain and I feel like I can intelligently talk about Chipotle because I've spent so many years of my life working for them <laughs> that I had to bring this up so they developed a new gadget called an autocado and it is a machine <laughs> it's yeah it's called autocado i love the name it's a machine they developed in collaboration with vbu labs and that is a company that creates machines to automate food production so here's the deal you load the avocados into the device and it is able to slice peel and core the avocado and then it drops them like into a bowl below mm -hmm. chipotle quotes the current time to make a batch of their guacamole around 50 minutes but like when i worked there i felt like it took me two hours to make a batch <laughs> of guacamole because you have to like cut each avocado and take out the seeds 
and take out the little tree stem and then mm -hmm. you have to scoop it out. So mm -hmm. it's like a whole process. So yeah, it took me way longer than 50 minutes, but yeah. they're saying that this device could cut the time down to make it just 25 minutes to make. I just feel like this is a huge investment for not a lot of time saved from the employees. Like they're not going to be cutting a whole employee's shift over this device. And how much are they putting into this? Like, it's just huge that they've developed this whole device that they're going to put in these stores that just cuts avocados in half and takes them out of the peel. Yeah. And then I feel like there's going to be all kinds of problems because when I was a human making guacamole, people would always bring me like pieces of core or pe pieces of seed or like those little tree stem nubs or like mm -hmm. pieces of um, the skin. And they're like, I want a refund because I bit on a seed. <laughs> Oops. And and like this this machine, if it doesn't work right or if there's any flaws to it whatsoever, people are going to be biting down on all kinds of stuff, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're in this like weird time. It's like I feel like the third one that we've gone through as an economy, like from the original Industrial Revolution to like in the 50s when they really started with some automation where they're really starting to automate a lot of stuff. And it's, you know argued whether or not it's going to be getting rid of a lot of jobs and I don't you know we're obviously here for the workers so I don't know I mean if it's making a worker's life easier then that's good but if it's you know going to be getting rid of jobs then I'm not really on board for that these companies make enough money so here's my thing so they could have automated um some of the knife skills that they use like when I worked at Chipotle I learned how to use a knife that's mm -hmm. where I learned how to cut things yep they're replacing a step where it's like kind of a no brainer. Like anybody can scoop avocados out of, out of the skin. Sure. So they're not replacing like a skilled job or a skill that they're teaching their employees. They're just replacing something that nobody really wants to do anyway. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing there. I've read an article recently that there is like a huge with now everybody making avocado toast at home and like everybody eating guacamole in, in a way that Americans have never really consumed avocados. There are a lot of injuries from people trying to get that, that the seed out. Like they go, you know, you slam the knife down into the seed. Oh, you yeah. miss. So, I mean, maybe it's going to stop some, some knife injuries. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> so when I worked there, they had this like metal glove. And so you oh. could like, you could just like ram that knife into your hand and it would not cut. Okay. So. Well then, that, I guess I guess it doesn't help. All right. At least, well, I mean, not for <laughs> people. No. At, not for people at home, not for, but people yeah. there. Yeah, I'm a no. All right. So, um, Preets and Pata Roja Tacos are having a pop up at Uncle Leo's starting at noon on July 30th. Uncle Leo's is, as you guys know, my favorite bar dive bar downtown by Finley Market. Um, <laughs> their food offerings are kind of like old school bar classics, like it's pickled eggs and bag of chips on a normal day. But he also occasionally has like oysters or like jambon beurre or sloppy joes on like, i think sundays he has sloppy joes he might uh make you a bag of microwaved popcorn if you're lucky <laughs> you are that is true <laughs> that is true i'll have some peach rings um but so he's been doing more and more of these fun pop-ups and uh preets is known for indian american and punjabi pop-ups and pataroha is obviously a taco truck
truck that we talked about is soon to have a brick and mortar space on Court Street. But they will be featuring an achari paneer and a chicken tikka inspired taco for the pop up. So I'm here for it. I'm excited. I'm hoping I can get out there. Yum. I'm all about a chicken tikka inspired taco. Right. Oh, wait. Now I just saw that it is on July 30th and I will be in Nashville bummer okay, oh well, no next one you guys go out so it starts at noon and it's just till sellout so you know probably if you go to the bar at eight or nine they're not gonna have anything so go for lunch okay g are we really about to talk about pink food and drinks yes we are <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you take this one, you Barbie girl, yo. Okay, yeah. So we have some Barbie-themed food and drinks to talk about. So first up is Delgado's Cannoli. He is based out of Covington, Kentucky, and honestly, one of my favorite people ever. Don't you I love, love him? him? I love yeah. him. Yeah. So he's making two different flavors of cannoli. One is a birthday cake, and one is raspberry vodka flavored. Mm. And you guys, these cannolis look amazing. They're pink and purple and have lots of candies and sprinkles on them. <laughs> like, I need to go and get some ASAP. That's awesome. I'm a, I'm a classic cannoli girl myself, but they did, they did look very sparkly. <laughs> yeah, see, I like the sparkly and over-the-top things. <laughs> Me Cosmel is doing a Barbie margarita. It is $30 and you get to keep the Barbie cup that it comes in. So that's Ooh. cool. Cold Stone Creamery has a Barbie themed ice cream situation. Okay. So it's cotton candy, pink ice cream with graham crackers and sprinkles. It's served in a Barbie branded cup. It's just cardboard, but it is Barbie branded. Mm -hmm. And then they have a big Barbie ice cream cake that would be perfect for any Barbie viewing party. Love that. There is a watermelon drink at Chili's, which is obviously a chain, but it's mm -hmm. pink and it's cute. So I threw that in there. Main Street Board Game Cafe will have a Barbie-themed frappe, strawberry lemonade, and Barbie-themed cupcakes. Three Sweet Girls Cakery is taking orders for their Barbie treats and have all different kinds of cookies, and they look really cute. Firecracker Bakery in Sharonville has a big Barbie platter with cute little pink cupcakes on it, and you can order on their website. 12 Degrees Italian Ice is doing a Barbie milkshake that is strawberry flavored and topped with strawberry crunchies. Lulu's Sweets Boutique is planning a fun Barbie menu, but I don't have a lot of information about it. Buskin Bakery will have themed cookies. Trey Bell Cakes will be making Barbie themed treats. And also, I feel like Homemaker's Bar and OTR kind of has Barbie vibes. So I don't think they're doing anything themed necessarily, but that would but be like good. They are the vibe. Yeah, so yeah. I feel like that would be a good option. And also Killer Queens would be a good option. I would also check out the Bombonnery for Barbie vibes. The Cheesecakery is doing something, but it looked like it was going to be sold out by the time this podcast posted. So I didn't mm. mention it, but you could still go there. I feel like Vivi, the Italian experience, kind of has Barbie vibes. And French Crust Cafe near Finlay Market and my last Barbie-themed restaurant would be Sugar Spice Cafe in Blue Ash. Alice and OTR might be doing something, or you could just go there for the vibes. And then, oh, this is a good one. Starlight Drive in Amelia, Ohio is doing like a whole Barbie event. So you can check that out. Or I think they're going to just be playing the movie so you can just do like a whole drive-in situation. Oh, love that. And then Big B Coffee is serving up pink drinks. They are not Barbie branded, but they're like pink and glittery and really cute. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then that's all I've got for pink things in Cincinnati. Okay. Okay. So we have some unfinished business from the last episode to cover um, the bathtubs. Now, I wish the results from our research were a little more satisfying and, like, cohesive, but I probably won't stop digging on this. And if you know anything, definitely <laughs> DM us on Instagram or email us at CincinnatiFoodies513 at gmail.com. Um, but here's what we have so far. So I was correct about Arnold's. We've talked about the fact that, like, the building is over 160 years old and at some point had residents upstairs. So after it was converted, rumors say that the tub was retained for bathtub gin but we couldn't really find anything linked that like linked the bathtubs all around the city. So, but with regards to Taft, apparently there's a story that says that President Taft, who was not a slender gentleman, got stuck in a tub at the White House and was only removed after six people came to pry his naked body out of it. So <laughs> um, I just keep pitching. Have you ever like laid down in the tub and gotten like your back suctioned down to the bottom? No. I so <laughs> no I've never had that happens to me all the time but anyway so I I keep like picturing the suction and like I'm not at risk of getting stuck in a bathtub but that's like right. all I keep picturing and then that's like what it's one of the reasons I don't really love a bath oh my gosh I literally live for a hot bubble bath but you have a soaker tub right yeah kind yeah of. if I had like a special tub that I didn't like shower in regularly and other people didn't shower in regularly I'd probably be more on board but also you know just picturing William Howard Taft stuck in a bathtub <laughs> <laughs> so what other there are other restaurants in Cincinnati that have bathtubs I don't know if we said last episode we but did. I know Jeff Ruby's does downtown mm -hmm. SOB Steakhouse has one in Liberty Center mm -hmm. And who else has a bathtub? I don't know. But that's why I was hoping to, like, find, like, a Cincinnati connection as to, like, what the story was with the bathtubs at all of the restaurants. But I could only find, like, individual. I have no idea what's up with the one at Ruby's or at SOB. So we're going to have to do some more digging. See, I think it's just, like, it's a bathroom and it's, like, fun to have a bathtub in there because everybody takes pictures in the bathroom. Maybe. I feel and like it's weird. I don't it's know. It's, like, instead of taking a picture with, like, toilets around, yeah. it's, like, just a spot. But, yeah, I don't maybe, know. Yeah, maybe. Well, but the one at SOB isn't in the bathroom. Right. It's, like, right out front. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like there needs to be something more interesting or, like, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. But we'll, we'll keep digging. If we find anything else, though, we'll let you know. Hey, you guys. We started a Patreon channel to post some of the photos and things that we're talking about on the podcast. We hope to post extended chef interviews and things that we're not having to edit down for the podcast. And if you want to see the Taylor Swift receipt, you can head over there and check it out. So for right now, everything on our Patreon is going to be free. So if you sign up early, we plan on having a lot of great content on there. And if we do go to a paid level in the future where the paid tiers would get extra stuff, if you are an OG subscriber, we plan on having a special level just for you guys. So definitely head on over there and check it out. Yeah. What's going on for the next episode? Yeah, so I, I the only thing I know about is we will be attending the uh, soft open of the Fable Cafe, which is the new cafe opening in Westwood. Um, their grand opening is on Sunday, 
the what is that the 23rd so guys go check them out and i will report back next time and i'm going to delwood and parkside for sure i have to check those out yes do it all right well thanks guys bye bye guys Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cincinnati Foodies. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and follow us on Instagram. If you have any news restaurants to check out or you would like to be featured, you can email us at CincinnatiFoodies513 at gmail.com or slide into those DMs at Cincinnati Foodies on Instagram.